Over the last few weeks, as we've looked at this book, the book of Proverbs, God has blessed me. I tell you, even in the study each week, God has blessed me as he has opened my eyes to things that I had not seen before, and I'm, I'm certain there are still things there that are left unmined even now. But it, it, was, it has been great for me to be able to pour back into this book. And one of the things that I've been reminded of is that this book and these words are so practical for all of us. I mean so practical. Now look, I can discuss theology and I love to do it. I may not be good at it, but I love to discuss theology and what we believe and who we are. And I do believe it plays out into our lives. It is a worthy discussion. But I believe that that theology, that belief, who we are, should always inform us as we come together as God's people. That we don't learn things just to store them in our minds, but we learn things so that God would speak to us and that he would use those in our relationships, that he would use those in our everyday life. And you don't get much practical, at least to, to see the easy application of it, than you do the book of Proverbs, right? So many of you, you, you probably even read a proverb a day. There are some people I know in their Christian life, they read a proverb a day because they know that it can be easily applied to that day and the days to come. Well, as we look at God's Word today, we see again that idea of how God takes His truth and His Word and He applies it to our lives, especially today as we see how He applies it to our relationships. I want you to see in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, and in chapter 18, verse 24, the truth of relationships, the need for relationships that God gives us as we look at God's Word today. Beginning in chapter 17, verse 17 again, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And then chapter 18, verse 24, which may just be a page or so over, says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, I want you to see, as you work through the Proverbs, you'll see many occasions where God speaks to us about the relationships that we've had. We've already talked about the relationship between a husband and wife and We've talked about the relationship between a parent and a child. We've seen that already in the book of Proverbs. And here it is amazing that God touches even those relationships we have every day, those things we call friendships. And you'll see it all throughout the Proverbs that God speaks about how we are to have individuals in our lives that we can call friends. Now notice what he says again in chapter 17, verse 17. He says, a friend loves at all times. You, you have an individual that's with you all the time. Now as I read through the Proverbs and I think about this issue of friendship, I recognize that there is a need within all of us for companionship. There's a need in all of us for companionship. There, there's something within us that says... We ought to be connected. We ought to have somebody else in our lives. The English writer was certainly right when he penned the words, No man is an island. All of us have some type of relationships. All of us need those connections in life. You know, I was sitting thinking about my first experience of really being alone. 
Leslie will tell you, others will tell you that I've worked with, that I don't like to be alone. I like to have people around me. Sometimes when Leslie goes off, maybe for a few days, she'll return. I'll look disheveled. I, I mean, it looks like I've not slept in so many days, which she's right. She's accused me of just being scared, but I believe it's more of just not having her presence with me, her being around at that time. And I've just never liked it. But I remember the first instance of, of seeking this and saying there's got to be something uh, of a connection that we have. And this experience came for me in kindergarten. Some of you are getting ready to start back school, so I want you to listen to me. That even in kindergarten, you can learn some lessons. And I remember in kindergarten, it came to that moment of the day that I looked forward to nap time it was and and i say the day when i went to school back in the olden day there was still just morning classes half day kindergarten we didn't have whole day all this stuff anyway we had nap time though in mid-morning and i spied a table that i thought would provide me enough shelter for my friends and i decided that i would just crawl under that table and i would just i would just take my nap there and it seemed that Miss Black, who is my kindergarten teacher and the second love of my life, that she was okay with that. So I went to sleep there, and I woke up, and there was no one around. You can imagine for a five-year-old. We met in a little trailer, and it was just a small context, one class, obviously, the morning class. And I woke up, and nobody's there. I go to the door. I began beating on the door, trying to get out the door. Doors locked. Not getting out. Well, again, I've not got much um, scare blood in me, but at that moment, I became a little... And I, I remember this to this day. I mean, I know i got to talk to a counselor about it. I've thought about it. and <laughs> Beat on the door, beat on the door. And, and I, all of a sudden, I thought I could hear people, and the door started kind of opening, and the door... It finally did open, and when I looked, there was Miss Black, who I mentioned was the second love even to this day of my life, and there was Mr. McNutt, our principal, and there was, uh, I think, a maintenance guy, and there was somebody else, and they were just peering in at me. I remember that. In, in college, again, I wrote a little essay on it. It <laughs> scarred me so much in life, and I remembered, I remembered. You know, even that day, it's not good. It's not fun always to be alone. There, you need people. And you know what? I think God's created us. When, when the book of Proverbs talks about all these relationships, I think part of it is because God has created us with something inside of us that says, hey, you need other people. And remember, even as, even as God brought his glorious gospel through Jesus Christ and he provided the salvation for us, we are reminded, even in those moments, that we needed other people. We needed other believers because what God did is he established a family. He established a church. And he says, you need somebody. And you need individuals. I know, again, some of you, you may, you may say today, well, Dr. Reggie, I, I enjoy being alone from time to time. Well, I'm not saying that every now and then it's not nice to be alone. But ultimately... In this grand scheme of relationships that we enjoy, we need people. God has not called you to be a lone individual serving Him without any other kind of support around. 
He's not called you to be this solo missionary. He has called you to be a part of the family of God. He has called you to have relationships. We know that. And I believe it is important for us to be reminded, even this day, that we need connections. We need people in our lives. There's a need for companionship. And notice here the companionship that he describes. It is the friendship that we have with people. But notice this is a close, connected, committed relationship that is described in in verse 17 of chapter 17 and in verse 24 of chapter 18. It says, a friend loves at all times. See, these are individuals that are there with you no matter what you're going through. These are folks that are there with you to celebrate the great moments and they are there with you to walk through those difficult moments. And both of those occasions will come in your life. There will be times when you will have moments of celebration and there will be moments where you reflect upon the difficulty of this life. Listen to me. In both moments, you need a friend. You need people that you're connected with that will say, I'm with you in all times. I'm with you through the best. I'm with you through the most difficult. Now look, I usually like to focus on the best and the celebrations. I mean, isn't it great that you can call people together and you can celebrate things? You can celebrate the birth of a baby. You can celebrate the graduation of of an individual. You can celebrate a job promotion. You can celebrate so many different things in your life. And you got people there connected with. And they celebrate with you. But again, friend loves at all times, not just in those good moments, but in those difficult moments. I've had church members tell me before, they say, Reggie, I don't know what people would do if they did not have a church family or friends or people that love them. And I look at them and I understand exactly what they're saying. Because when you go through those most difficult times of life, to know people are walking with you and praying with you and concerned about you, to walk through those moments and to know that there is a friend at all times, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, there is tremendous encouragement. And there's tremendous grace. There's a need for companionship. And I think that's really what the writer of Proverbs says here. Notice in chapter 18, verse 24 in particular, it says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, some of you, uh, as you read that, you, you agree with that initial truth, just like I do, right? I mean, if you're going to be have a friend, what do you got to do? You got to be friendly. Although I'm not sure that's exactly what chapter 27, well, what this verse means, chapter 18, verse 24. Some of you have different translation, right? And it's nothing like that. Some of you alive, reading, looking at me this morning, yeah? It's nothing that you're like, uh, Brother Reggie, I, I didn't get that one. 
My verse does not say exactly what yours does. And I will tell you, there are not many times that I believe that my New King James <clears throat> translation misses it, but maybe it missed it here a little bit. I think the idea behind this verse, as I've studied it and looked at it, is that you can have a whole lot of friends, and you can have a whole lot of connections, and you can still come to brokenness and to ruin in your life. And some of your verses will say something like that. I believe that's a better translation. But get this. You can have all those people. You can have a whole set of friends that where things would just come to ruin. But he says, there is a person. There is a friend who will stick closer to you than a brother himself. That's what he says. He says, it's not about how many you have. It's not about all the hosts. He says, but it's, it matters that you have got somebody that will stick with you in all times, that will love you more than a brother himself would love you. He says, that is what is important. I was thinking about another verse that God gives us in chapter 27, verse 10. In chapter 27, verse 10, the writer of Proverbs says, Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Now think about that a moment. Is he trying to denigrate family? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What he's saying is sometimes it, it's better to have a friend that's right next door than it is to have a family member or brother far away. You can have these type of friends. Now, look, Leslie and I moved away from the promised land how long ago, Les? Yeah, about 15 years ago. Because, I mean, Mississippi, but North Mississippi, that's where we moved from about 15 years ago. We went down to South Mississippi. We were somewhere about four, four and a half hours away from our parents at that moment. Uh, then when we made a move to Zachary, we moved over and uh, we were six hours away. And then when we moved to Temple, we were five and a half. We cut it by 30 minutes, total of 30 minutes from here to Tupelo. And um, my folks weren't real excited about that move. I'll just be quite honest with you. We're not really excited about Temple or anything else. They thought that if I made another move, it would be back to the promised land because why would you journey for so long away if you could return? And I'm reminded daily. I talk to my parents pretty much every day. I was telling somebody that this week. I talk to them practically every day. But my mother every day reminds me that I have not been back to Tupelo since July 4th of last year. And it's about time. And she's right. She's right before you mamas get on me after service. I understand she is right. But I tell you all that to say that in those 15 years, I have seen the reality of that verse. I have seen the reality of that verse in my own life to realize that God can place people in your lives, individuals in your lives that you care for, that you love, that are connected with you, in many ways, in so many ways, the churches that we have been a part of, they have been like our family away from home. They have been people who, just as Temple is now, who, have, who has continued to bless me and work in my life and be there. 
It is important to have a friend who works through these moments with you, who walks with you through every difficulty, every great moment of life. It is important to be connected. I, I think we've lost a little bit of it these days, just to be quite honest with you. We have become the most connected people in one way, and yet we've become the most disconnected in another way. We've become the most connected technologically. But I believe we've become one of the most disconnected generations personally, in personal contact of any generation before us. You know, I, a few years ago I took the plunge into the technological world. Those who work with me know that I'm not technologically savvy very often. I usually move away from those things. But about four or five years ago, I took the plunge, joined Facebook. Now, I realize how outdated I already am because a lot of people don't even do Facebook anymore. And now it's just Instagram and they're twitting and tweeting and doing all kinds of things. I, I know that. But it was fascinating that when I joined Facebook, all of a sudden I got all these friend requests. You, you know, you know, some of you know what I'm talking. I mean, just like you might know them through here. And then all of a sudden it says mutual friends and here's this. And, and you know what? One of the easiest things to do is become a friend with somebody else on Facebook. Because all you got to do is push a button, right? Oh, if it'd be that easy today. I mean, in real life, just to say, I'm going to push the button. I want that person to be my friend. I'm going to connect with them. That's going to be a person right there that walks with me through all these moments. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a friend. And, and I mean, when you look at it, it can be, it can be impressive, you know? Somebody uh, emailed me the other day after I came to Temple. Obviously, some of you were trying to figure out who I was and what was going on. And yeah, I know some of you. Yeah, that's exactly what you were doing. You didn't want anything about my friendship. You want to know what was happening in my life. So you could measure me up and evaluate me. And I got all these friend requests from Ruston and Temple. And, you know, as a good pastor saying, hey, I don't know these people. And I don't want to make them mad right in the beginning. You know, I just said, okay, confirm them all. And before you know it, I mean, it was like thousand, thousand people. And, and somebody sent me a note and said, hey, you, you passed this milestone. If it were only that easy. But a friend is one who walks with you through the great moments, the difficult moments. It's not about just pushing a button. It's about being there. It's about loving a person through all moments of life. Consistency. This constant affection and connection that you are walking with them. A, a friend, he, he can be like a brother. Even when your family is removed, you can have individuals, close relationships that are so desperately needed today. See, there's a need for companionship. There's a need, I think, for counsel. For counsel. It is interesting as I read through the book of Proverbs, there are many moments where the writer will talk about 
the believer's association with other people. And he'll especially warn the believer, the one who's following God, warn him about associating himself with the wrong crowd, non-believers. I mean, even back in, in chapter 1 of this book of Proverbs, even back in chapter 1, he had said, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, Come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood, let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. He says, My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from the path. Even in those opening verses of Proverbs, there was this advice, don't go with the wrong crowd, don't associate with the wrong ones because you don't need their direction. You don't need their counsel in your life. But look, God does want to bring to us godly counsel. He wants to use other people to speak into our lives and bring us godly counsel. And I will say to you today that that is what a friend is for and what a friend should do in your life. The friend walks with you and the friend is there and the friend loves you, but the friend is also there to help you and and give you godly counsel. In chapter 27, verse 5 and verse 6 actually, it says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Notice verse 6 as it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It is important that we are honest with our friends, that we tell them, that we share with them. Now, some of you just took that and you said, Man, this is going to be awesome. Wait till I get out of church. I'm going to call them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to tell them exactly what they're doing wrong. Dr. Reggie said this morning, I'm supposed to be honest. So I'm going to give it to them with all the honesty I can muster. Some of you are already thinking that way. Well, I do believe we should be honest and we should provide godly counsel. We need that. I need it. I need people to speak in my lives. But let me remind you that you should approach that with great tact and sensitivity. Well, where do you get that from? Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. A word fitly spoken, spoken just at the right moment, in the right way, in the right time. He says, an appropriate word is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Did you hear that? I love the way he says that. Just choosing the right word at the right moment in wisdom can make all the difference. It's probably not best for you to walk up to someone and say, I just want to tell you how stupid you're being. (laughs) Now, sometimes people need to hear the truth itself. But a word fitly spoken, honesty, it is better. And look, for some of us, 
We need to get over some of our sensitivities and we need to say, hey, we need people in our lives who fear God more than they fear us and fear other people. We need them to speak to us and share with us what the truth of God is and for us to be willing to listen and to follow what God has spoken through them. We need to be willing. So many of us, we get upset when somebody says something to us. But if it is the truth, again, if it is the truth, Coming from a friend, and it makes a whole lot of difference from a friend, doesn't it? One who's walked with you at all times. One who has been there for you. One you know that their heart is for you. It makes a difference. I would just warn you that back in Proverbs sixteen twenty eight, it says, A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. A whisperer. An individual who goes around who you think might be a friend, but they don't tell you the truth, but they want to make sure that everybody else understands the truth. You better be concerned and you better be careful about befriending such an individual. You see, we need counsel in our life. We need companionship in our life. And really, I just say to you, we need challenge in our life. We need challenge. We need people who will speak to us and challenge us. In chapter 27, verse 17, I love to hear those pages turning like the wings of angels sometimes. Chapter 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. He says basically, it is awesome that God puts us in a relationship where we can sharpen one another. We can challenge one another. And that's really what it's... I mean, and notice, it's as though it has to be of the same metal here, the suggestion. Iron, you're not going to sharpen it on this pulpit or you're not going to sharpen it on this table necessarily. It has to be this specific type of metal, something metal that will somehow sharpen it I, I have a few knives and I, I'm I can't do that I just it is difficult for me to sharpen anything but I, I've always had some people in the church so this is a plea for some of you all that I need people to take my knives and sharpen and, and they've shown me I just can't get it now there was a lady one time that could just I mean she could sharpen it in just a heartbeat a guy I had in another church just sharp. And you could see, they could place it there and be so sharp. And really, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing as believers? Is sharpening one another when we come together as a family? The same metal. We're made out of the same stuff. We are believers in Christ. And when God calls us together, He calls us to live in a community of faith. And He wants us to sharpen one another. When I'm sitting in Sunday school, when I'm in church, whenever it is, and when I'm walking my walk, those individuals call me up to do something better and to follow Him and to serve Him. We need those people. We need people who would challenge us. We need people who will help us grow into the image of Christ. Thank God for those people that He provides. We need them in our lives. And I say to you, that you ought to be looking for individuals that will help you grow in Christ. 
And you ought to be one of those individuals that will be there in a right way, appropriate way, to help others grow. It is the reason we're part of the family of God. You see, we need companionship. We need connection. We, we, we need counsel. We need people who will be there and speak a appropriate word, a godly word to us. And we need the challenge of other believers in our lives. Well, obviously, I would say to you that the greatest example of all of these features and these characteristics would be Jesus Christ himself. And as we close today, I want to remind you what Christ said about these moments, about these times. In John 15, he said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And get what he says here. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Grasp that concept just a moment. Jesus Christ came, obedient to the Father, to fulfill the plan of salvation. He loved us so much that he laid his life down for us. What greater love? He died for us. He provided salvation for us. And while we are certainly servants, he said, you're just not a servant anymore. He said, now you are my friend. My friend. The God of the universe, the God of the universe, Invested in friendship with you and with me. And if he, is, if he deems it that necessary and significant in our life, that he would extend friendship, how significant should it be in our lives that we would extend friendship, that we would be the friends that we should be, and that we would help each other at all times, in counsel, in encouragement, in challenge, that we would be the people he wants us to be. Let us be the friends we should be. But let us be the people that will come together in the community of faith celebrating the relationships he has given. May he do a work within our lives. Let's pray. Father. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. And Father, we thank you for putting us within the family of God. Thank you for believers that we can literally rub our souls with. That we can be connected with. God, this morning during this invitation, I pray that you would speak to us. There may be some this morning that need to just Step out, go grab a friend by the hand, and Lord, maybe come and pray this morning to you over something that's going on in life or maybe just a 
word of thanksgiving for the connection, the relationship you've given. Maybe it's a moment this morning, Lord, that you're working in our lives where you just want us to step out from where we are and go and just say thank you to somebody that has been there, that has walked at all times. God, I pray you'd work during this invitation. And I pray ultimately, I pray ultimately that people would come and they would, they would uh, enter into this relationship with you. If they're backslidden, may you renew them today. If they have never been saved, may they come and experience the salvation of life. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.